Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to this episode, episode 2, the 2018, February, February 2018 edition of Mario's Minute. I am your host, Mr. Mario 2011, or Mario, or Mr. Mario, or whatever the hell he wants to call me, really. Uh, in case you do not know, this is a monthly podcast that I've started doing on the channel this year in 2018, and this is where I talk about really whatever the hell I want to do. This is my own personal outlet, and I had a lot of fun doing episode zero, the pilot episode. Uh, episode one seemed to go well for the most part. People did enjoy it, and uh, we're going to be continuing on with this, so welcome. Welcome aboard. Uh, this is, of course, going to be on YouTube, but this will also be on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, and it should be on your favorite podcast app of choice, so wherever you choose to listen or watch, uh, I thank you for that for sure. Uh, if you want to have any direct contact or influence on this, really, like mainly the comments and such, uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, Mr. Mario 2011. Uh, that's where the video version is going to be. Uh, now, this is also the first episode that I will have a guest on, and we are going to be talking about several different things. I am actually recording this this segment here prior to me talking to the guest. So, I don't know how the episode's going to be, and I'm doing that on purpose. I don't want to, like, hype you guys up and all that for it. Like, I'm going into this with mystery. So as you're listening to this right now, I, I also at the same time do not know how this is going to go. But, but, I, I just wanted to address a few things. That's why I want to do this forward. First off, if I sound a little bit different, if the audio quality might be a little off, whatever it is, I'm actually doing this in a hotel. I'm traveling right now while I'm recording this. This is the only time that we could sync up to do this recording, so uh, I just said, you know what, screw it. I have the internet, I have a microphone here, I'll do this from my hotel room. Uh, I'm actually put up against you know, the desk area here, and just to kind of cushion everything a little bit to make it sound a little bit better, I actually just have like the pillows from the bed all up against here, like, you know, uh, behind the microphone and behind my laptop, and that definitely helped out quite a bit when it came to the acoustics of it all, so uh, we're ghetto-rigging it up in here. Uh, on top of that, I also want to talk about uh, feedback, uh, so really, you know, any positive stuff, like, first off, I, I kind of want this to be a sandwich, like, I I'll, you know, give my positive thoughts, and then the criticism, and then, you know, what we're going to do going forward to change up everything. So, of course, this is the second episode, which means a first episode released of this show. And again, I want to thank you all who tuned into episode one, or if you're listening to episode two for the first time, you've never listened to this, and uh, you're enjoying it, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And so far, this podcast has seemed to get a lot of positive reception. So now let's go ahead and get into the negative of it as well, too. Maybe the criticisms. So from what I saw, the only people that did not like this podcast are people that did not expect a podcast, and they don't want to listen to a podcast. And there's nothing I can do to help those people. So if you don't like a podcast, you're not going to like this podcast. I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, second, there were people that uh, really the only critique that I had on here, which multiple people said, was uh, I'm going to have an example of it this transition effect right here. Nobody really complained about when I was using it to transition to photos and videos, but people did complain when I just had it randomly up there. Now, I had this same type of effect going for episode zero of this podcast, and episode zero, I had a few people review it, and they gave me, you know, feedback on it, and the feedback was great. The problem is the feedback was only about the podcast, which to me is important because it's going to be a podcast first and a visual second, but I got no feedback from the visuals. So when I went to episode one, I had no idea what the fuck people were wanting from the visual department on here. And people did speak. As I said, 
people really didn't complain about the weird, like, glitchy transition effect I'm using for photos. They complained when it just randomly came up on screen. So, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm not gonna have that random effect on, you know, just like when there's nothing there, nothing transitioning. That's totally fine. It's all good. Totally fine. We're getting rid of that. Uh, aside from that, there was one person who... Their recommendation, they kind of wanted gameplay on here, and they said, hey, you know, I, I missed the gameplay on here. Why don't you do gameplay? Because in episode one, I said, I am not going to put up gameplay for the visuals. I don't want to do that because that's an extremely outdated format. Uh, the best way I can look at it, like, people look at it negatively. Uh, I have several. I used to love doing gameplay commentaries. I used to watch a ton of gameplay commentaries, and those were, like, podcasts to me anyways, like little mini podcasts, but... The reason why I believe that it is the outdated format, not only I look negatively upon it when people do gameplay commentaries now, but I have a ton of commentaries on my channel. And there's people that watch them in 2018 and then complain about how annoying it is where I'm talking about a subject and there's a random game playing up on screen that has nothing to do with the subject. And I can sympathize with that. For anyone that still doesn't sympathize or they don't understand what the issue is, imagine it's 2018 right now and I upload all of my videos in 240p. That's how it's looked at. It's looked at as really one of the worst ways to present your content. Now there are people that do use gameplay quite a lot in their videos and they can do good gameplay commentaries with a ton of intricate editing and they really tie it directly into what they're talking about. I'm talking about just imagine this podcast but instead of whatever visuals I have here, it's just gameplay. As for any other visuals, um, I'm not doing webcams on this episode. I really don't. I, I want to use this to relax. And part of my relaxing thing is I don't want to get dressed up and get ready for the camera. Uh, my guest is not going to be doing a webcam either. Maybe we'll do webcam episodes in the future. I have no idea. Uh, but if anybody has any other recommendations for visuals, you know, that would be great. So whatever it is. Um, so that's the, the end of the negative stuff. So I guess going forward, as I said, you know, I'm welcoming criticism. I'm welcoming feedback on the visuals, what we can do to improve the podcast, anything else. Really though, at the end, thankfully, uh, I feel like I'm doing a good enough job because I've really received no complaints about the actual content or the audio of the podcast itself. Like nobody has said, oh, this is horrible or whatever it was. Like, no, the audio, the, the podcast portion itself has been great. The only complaints I've really gotten have been from people who don't like podcasts and from people who just didn't like certain elements of the visuals on here. So... Whatever it is, you know, we'll do what we can. Again, this is still an experiment for me. I, it's going to be ongoing, but it's going to be improving again. So thank you all for your support. It's much appreciated. Uh, let's get into the rest of this here. So I'll go ahead and cut into my guest. All right. So we have our first guest on the second episode of Mario's Minute. So to our guest, who the hell are you? <laughs> hey, what is going on, everybody? This is Daniel from ModBot, formerly known as Dopeswanner, also formerly known as the Dopeswanner 930, and maybe other stuff. But uh, I'm super excited to be on here. I uh, was a guest on, well, not a guest, I was a co host on uh, Mod Chat for a very long time. I mean, we did two years, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it was over two years. Yeah, we had that going for a very, very long time. And then, uh, I ended up taking a break from that because uh, just not really doing and very involved with the modding scene anymore. And um, you know, Mario, it Mario and um, well, I can't think of his name right now. The uh, what's his name? Devin. 
Devin, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm shit with names, man. I'm sorry, Devin. I didn't hear that. Um, uh, him and Mr. Mario took it over and have been running it, but he hit me up recently and said he was going to do another podcast that was kind of more of a casual thing and wanted me to be on. And so I was uh, thrilled, and I'm very happy to be here today and to be able to talk and hang out because it's been quite a long time, man. It's It's been a minute, man. I know, like, uh, Daniel and I, we were talking for, like, 20 minutes prior to this, but uh, what's been new with you, man? Uh, not, I mean, not, well, <laughs> I say not too much, but a lot, actually. Like, we, um, we talk about stuff that's been going on for 20, 30 minutes, and then I ask you when we're recording, you're just like, oh, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, since, uh, since we um, stopped doing the mod chat thing, I basically went back to school. I uh, was trying to finish up my, um, my classes for a computer engineering degree, and so primarily was just taking math courses, like I did uh, trig, pre-cal, I was in cal, um, and also I had some programming and physics classes, um, and I applied for a university this fall, which I don't know if I'll get into, and even if I do at this point, I'm probably end up doing school online. I think that's what's going to end up happening, because I recently, uh, as you know, I re- just, well, recently, I just got a job uh, working in the 3D printing space, so I'm extremely ecstatic. Um, for those of you that don't know, my channel is I mean, I still love video games, and I'm sure I'll still be doing mods here and there, but uh, my channel has transitioned to primarily a, I would say, electronics, 3D printing type channel, maker maker type channel. Um, so I'm very thrilled to be working in the industry, doing something that I love and I've been very passionate about now for quite a few years. Dude, I, I'm, I'm so proud of you for that, too. I know you got the job because of your YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, again, if it wasn't for YouTube, I wouldn't have the knowledge and be able to, you know, offer the company all the things that, um, you know, I know and all the things that I think I'll be able to, or know that I'll be able to contribute to the team. So, yeah, I'm very ecstatic and it, it's crazy. I mean, again, all this stuff comes, all this stuff comes back from Xbox modding, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and see, the the funny thing is with the channel as well, too. Uh, I was going to say that this is what I tell people. Like we've joked about this, and I've talked about it with online friends, like with you and with people uh, that I know in real life as well, too. And we've discussed this, but uh, we've said it. And people have told us, like when I was in college and we had resume building exercises, like put put extracurricular activities you do. Some people even mentioned that, like if you have YouTube or an Etsy shop or something, put it on there. Show that you do something like that. And that's why I kind of like took my channel in a bit more of a professional manner. You know, I started cleaning it up, like really in yeah. it, between 2011 and 2012. You can notice a big difference in the mr mario channel but uh no with that i mean i'll just tell people the past let's see yeah the the past three jobs i have had uh they all saw that my youtube channel was on my resume and they all checked it out and they all asked me about it during the interview process yeah that's the exact same thing as me i have um my my uh it doesn't actually say youtube as a title i have it listed as online content creator that's like the the term that i use um and then it and then it, if you look in the description like under the bullet points in my resume it'll say you know basically entertained a channel of so and so and create yeah, content yeah. and this and that and then yeah they always want to know you know because again the jobs i've applied to are all within like e-commerce techie type stuff so it's it, it is definitely relevant i mean it's different i think if you make um Maybe if you have a channel that's on knitting and you're trying to get into race cars or something like that, it doesn't really apply. I don't think as much, but you can still put it. Uh, but I'm just saying. No, I'm, uh, you could even you can. Sp- I'm thinking of ways you can spend that as well too. Like if you're applying to something like that, you could show like, hey, this is what I've worked on. As you can see, I have like 3,000 subscribers on this channel, and I've worked to gain that through search engine op- optimization and 
marketing my videos and marketing myself and uploading what people want to know and then figuring out proper metadata through that. And there's a lot of different ways that you're able to spin that off. Yeah, I guess I didn't even, I mean, in the moment, didn't really think of that. But yeah, that's true. There is a ton of things that you gain. And also, I think that um, in the past decade here, in the past 10 years, um, social media and YouTube, I think it's it's a lot more on the forefront than it ever has been before. And it's looked at, uh, I want to say, even a little more seriously than ever because of how many big time uh, even companies are involved with YouTube and things like that now. You know, I mean, originally when it came out, it was a place for really funny. I was looking at like, do you remember the boxy I'm trolling video? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and people it, were all like, uh, I'm trolling. No, you're trolling. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not trolling. So I, happened, <laughs> I watched that video yesterday, believe it or not. It came up as recommended, uh, like, where's the boxy girl now or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, boxy. So again, at one point, YouTube was all about like, you know, little short random stuff like that. But now it's, it's a completely different platform. There's still all that stuff, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of educational and, um, I don't know, just just really good content on YouTube. You can find anything. I, I when, use YouTube as a daily resource for all sorts of things. When it comes down to it, the simple way I look at it is a lot of people say YouTube's not a real job. Like this is not my full time job by any means. I'm like, but people say it's not a real time, like a real job. I was like, well, we get money from this and we have to pay taxes on it. So that's pretty real to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you tell that to my 1099. And I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is not free you know. money. <laughs> No, not, not, not at all. And I, again, I, I actually, um, I'm not going to like name drop, but I know a person that just made YouTube uh, full time. And um, I mean, their channel is, is blown up and it's huge. But again, it, it can be a full time job. And you tell me what a full time, what, what is the definition of a full time job? To me, it's it brings in a source of income and you do a work in return for a source of income. That's a job. So, I mean, maybe to certain people, especially more like older time, uh, like old ways of thinking, they might just see, oh, that's just, you. all you do is make random videos on the internet. But I mean, hell, if it's if it's making money, then that's a job, Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know what the, the Webster's definition of a job is, but to me, again- We could look it up. I'm not going to right now because I don't want to type no, a bunch I don't and interrupt everything, but- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, like, regardless of what people think, I mean, it's a job, you know? But again, like, it's not- have you, for me, uh, the way I class. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say last thing. For me, the way I classify it, if people ask me what YouTube is to me, I say it's it's a paid hobby because for me, it's fun and the money I get from it, really, all it does is contribute back to me being able to do what I like to do and makes me be able to do cooler projects. Um, but yeah, that's how I consider it a paid hobby. And for me, it's at the point now with, again, I've been making videos on and off for probably six and a half years, uh, which is insane. Um, for me, it's like a part of my life. Even if I take breaks, it gets to a point where I'm like, dude, I got to make videos. It's been so long. Like, I, I feel like I'm missing something when enough time has passed and I haven't produced a video. Like, it's my outlet. It's an outlet for me. Oh, know? dude, that's that's me as well. That's that's me as well, for sure. No, I totally sympathize with that. I, uh, I was going to ask you, though, have you heard of the podcast? Uh, what's it called? The Butterfly Effect. Have you heard of that? It's called what's it called? The Butterfly Effect. Oh, Oh, oh uh, no, I, I have not heard of it. I'd recommend checking it out. It's like three and a half, four hours in total uh, for the entire thing. It was uh, from Amazon Audible, but you can get it for free anywhere now from like a 
whatever podcast app that you use. Uh, and it's all mm-hmm. about, so I'll say this, it's not safe for work. You have to have an open mind listening to it, but it's all about the porn industry and how porn has, like the the consumption of internet porn has changed the way it is created, um, the way it's marketed, and then the socioeconomical effects it's had on not only, you know, the producers and the actors and actresses, but even uh, the people who watch it and just like everyday people now. Uh, the reason huh. why I was bringing that up is because at one point, you know, you were talking about um, how this is looked at as how, how this can be a full time job. And I agree with you on the paid hobby thing, um, but how mm. people can turn, mm. you know, content creation into a full time gig. And at one point in there, uh, there was one, I believe it was a retired uh, porn actor. He was talking about this and he had said, he's just like, no, it's completely different now. And I hate it because uh, I used to be able to go in and yeah, I mean, we're there and we're fucking on camera and what we're doing is raunchy, but uh, I could go in before a shoot and the actress that I'm working with, you know, she's dressed up real nice. She's in the corner, like reading the newspaper because she has some stocks invested in things. And if I have 20 or 30 minutes, I can talk to her about worldly issues. And these were all business people that were using their body to sell themselves and to make ends meet and to you know give them a job and mm-hmm. now i go and i see the people who are up and coming and it's like two kids who just filmed something on their phone and uploaded it and you can't talk to them about anything mm, got you it, it's it's guy okay so it's just it's changed a lot so it's a serious like it, i mean in a sense it's a serious podcast i mean it, it's it is right it is yeah, no, it, it delves into some real crazy stuff as well, too. So, like, of course, after whoever's listening, after you listen to this, I'd recommend checking it out. But, again, one, use use headphones or something. It's not safe for work. And, two, uh, <laughs> you, you need an open mind to listen to it. <laughs> who, who, uh, <laughs> I gotta ask, who recommended that to you or how did you hear about it? Uh, I use Pocket Casts, and I literally knew nothing about it. Like, I looked, and I looked at new releases, and there was something called the Butterfly Effect, so I clicked it, and it said it was from Amazon. I was like, whoa, there's a Amazon-sponsored or paid podcast? I kind of want to check this out. So I downloaded the episodes, and, like, the first two minutes, I was almost like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to listen to this right now, but I kept listening, and I was like, well, this is this is fascinating and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> That's interesting. I'll remember that, because... Uh... The butterfly effect. It makes me think of the movie. I, I was yeah, not like not you... not the movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, when uh when you first said a, like a podcast called Butterfly Effect, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think it was going that direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that sounds interesting enough. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I I think at the end, I mean, well, I think the, the relation you're making though is just kind of how things have changed, right? Basically, just how like YouTube's changed the whole that industry has changed as well. Essentially, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. No, I I agree. It's come. Oh, again, a long ways, and the um, the uh, is it expectation? Yeah, the expectation of quality has greatly shot up too. Because when I first started making videos, it wasn't that big of a deal to have a uh, a flip cam in my hand with hardly any audio that was shaking around. And now it's like, you know, the videos are pretty much all expected to have like a, a tripod or stable, you know, HD with a good microphone and stuff like that. Like the production quality across the whole platform has significantly upped its standards. Yo, I'm kind of like sitting here low-key self-conscious because I'm not producing in 4K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, when I bought the the camera I'm using, um, that was one of the reasons I got it was so that we can do 4K. It only does 4K at 30 frames, but I mean, I still assume that's fine for your average viewer. But What, I, what uh, camera do you have, by the way? It's the Panasonic Lumix G7. Okay, I'm thinking of getting that. How do you like that? 
it's it's awesome dude okay honestly for the price like <laughs> the price has dropped since i bought it i think i paid 700 for it with the kit lens and i think didn't you send me a link of it a while back where it was like 500 or 550 or something like yeah, that yeah yeah no it's 500 or 550 somewhere around there yeah that's uh, a steal I, dude i mostly know so i was pretty sure you had it i know uh epos fox uh one of my friends through here he uses it and he's he actually just picked up a second one um, but he's yeah. kind of really touted it as like, there are issues with it, but if you can get past the issues, it is really like the best bang for your buck in terms of a 4k DSLR camera. Yeah. I, uh, again, I got mine now probably coming up on, well, probably two years ago now. Um, but yeah, I haven't had issues with it, man. I use it for all my time lapses. Um, I just did my longest time lapse with it, which was 55 hours. Um, and it did that flawlessly. And I haven't had any issues with recording. Um, I, I, again, though, 1080, uh, 60 frames per second. But no, I, I think it's a fantastic camera. I would actually love to get a uh, another lens for it. I don't know what lens I'd like to get, but I've just been rocking the kit lens, which has been fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, I highly recommend it, man. It, again, it, it comes down to the pri uh, price versus performance. And I think that uh, unless... Again, Panasonic's come out with something else or Canon or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Canon or Nikon? Sony or Nikon. Yeah, unless they've come out with a contender for that, then uh, I would definitely say to go with it. Um, yeah, and, and see, I'm still rocking a uh, Canon Rebel EOS SL1 and it tops out at 1080p30 yeah. and it's it's great. Um, really the, the only thing, the reason, the only reason why I'd want to upgrade right now, which is why I've considered it is to make the jump to 4k. Uh, but there's just Got so you. much other stuff too. Cause like, so first off I'm, I, I'll tell you what my process is. First off, I'm just kind of sitting here and I'm like, well, okay, I can get a 4k camera. Fantastic. But is this still going to be lasting for a good amount of time or is there going to be another camera that uh panasonic's going to release as an upgrade right around the corner that i should pick up and then whenever i do pick up a 4k camera i have a very capable 4k pc but i don't have any 4k monitors i have 1080p monitors hooked up to it so i would at least have to get a 4k monitor and then yeah yeah just the whole the whole other process and workflow with that i probably have to upgrade storage as well too and so it's it's not like i just get the camera and i'm done i'm like no 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 i have to get the camera and then i have to upgrade everything else because i've done that before where i had like years ago i had a 1080p camcorder and back then i didn't i still have several videos that i filmed off that where i would literally just hit the record button and then do my thing and then stop and upload that raw footage because my PC at the time, my laptop was not capable of editing 1080p video. Yeah. I mean, at one point, um, that was gnarly. I mean, before I actually built my own PC, I was using a uh, HP, I think, that was pre-built that I maybe just upgraded the RAM on. It couldn't hang, dude. It, it was it was struggling so hard. Like now... Um, with what I've currently got going on, like let's say I record a 1080p 60 frame video that's 10 minutes, 10 minutes long. Let's say 10 minutes after editing, you know, and everything's cut in Premiere, um, it'll render out in the same amount of time that the video is. Which while before, if I was doing a 10 minute video, it would be like an hour. So yeah, it's really nice, um, you know. So like a 10 minute video will render out in literally exactly 10 minutes, which I'm totally fine with. That's that's you know quick for me, but. Um, I'll do 4K, but again, right now, like you just said too, I've literally got a 720 monitor, a 1080 monitor, and th that's it. Like I, you know, I would have to upgrade. It wouldn't be, well, I have the camera, but again, it wouldn't be just let's do 4K now. I'd have to get the monitor, like you said too. I've got a one terabyte hard drive that's like nearly empty, but I still would probably have to do more and potentially upgrade other things. And 
I, I just, I haven't ever had anyone say, man, I wish your videos were 4K or something like that. So for me, it's like until I see the the majority of consumers make the jump to 4K, I, I'm pretty content with the quality I'm getting at 1080p for, uh, versus performance in terms of how long it takes to render out and upload and all that good stuff. And that's another thing too, 4K has been such a weird rollout because even so, uh, so amongst gamers, I know like 4K is probably the most beneficial with games as it's been so far, but like just mm -hmm. zoom out, look at the landscape a little bit. Uh, we're just now getting 4K capable consoles, the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, uh, several games of which aren't even running at native 4K on there, they're upscaled to 4K. Uh, it's been great for PC, and now PC, it's pretty much at a good point now where you can play in 4K. But a lot of gamers that I know of, they prefer to play at like 144p at, uh, well, 1040p at 144 hertz as opposed to 4K 60. Mm -hmm. So they get that nice um, refresh and response time. Super smooth, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people actually prefer to downgrade their resolution to get a higher response time and refresh rate on there. Um, what else has happened with it as well too? And then, well, even so, like, so 4K Blu-ray, um, that's kind of a bit of a clusterfuck as I'm understanding it because there's a lot of movies where 4K versions just simply are not possible. So mm -hmm. you're going to be kind of limited there. And then there are some 4K movies that are out there and the price, you know, it's a premium, whatever it is. Uh, YouTube is a huge repository of 4K content, but then as for other 4K content like Netflix, you do have to pay a little bit more. Most people aren't really wanting to do that because every single time Netflix ups the price a little bit, of their subscription service, a ton of people fall off from there. And then mm -hmm. even the last thing, going to legacy media and TV, I've never seen a 1080p channel. The highest I've ever seen is a 1080i TV channel. Yeah, it's not really there yet, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so, I, my, I mean, my buddy... Um, go, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just like, yeah, so when I when I moved into this house with um, my my best friend and, and his wife and kids... Uh, we wanted to get a TV or he wanted to get a TV for the, you know, the main room or whatever. And we went to Target and we looked around at all the TVs and he ended up just, this was just a year and a half ago now. We opted for, he went to with 1080 instead of 4K. He mm -hmm. just didn't see it. Like he, I mean, again, he has all the consoles, but he has the base version. So he has like an Xbox One, a PS4 and a Switch and all that. He, he never like got the late, you know, the PS4 Pro and it dropped or the uh, Xbox One X. But we, we were looking at like, you know the different prices and stuff and there was some like fairly good priced 4k ones but he was like nah dude i think he ended up going with it's like a 55 or 60 inch 1080p and it was it's awesome dude i've never sat there watching it thinking man and like if only it was 4k and don't get me wrong you go to the store and you see 4k monitor and you're like fuck dude like you know it's like a like a um a nerd boner dude like and i mean it's so much there's so much brightness and fucking pixels being shoved in your face but again it's not mainstream yet. It's not. The prices will keep dropping. As long as it's a good one for that. And I'll say this. A banging 1080p TV looks nicer than an okay 4K TV. Agreed. And it yeah. is. It's. I think he, went, he pretty much is a big Samsung guy. I think he went with Samsung. It's a really nice TV. Samsung looks pretty for sure. Yeah. Like my, my, I have one 4K TV and I want to upgrade it eventually because it's, it's okay. Like it's okay. Here's my thing with it. I have a 1080p 42 inch Vizio and I have a 55 inch 4K Vizio. The 1080p 42 inch Vizio, in my opinion, looks better. Vizio makes solid shit. They, they do, um, but even so, it's like I, I've just been disappointed with several other things with the TV, with some of the features, some of the other stuff that it had, um, some of the connectivity issues I've had on this like 55-inch one. 
mm-hmm. and so even when I do, like when I do upgrade to, I'll probably get another 55 inch, but just get something more modern and better. I'm probably also just going to change brands. Like I'd rather get a Samsung or something else, but that's just there's more because of some personal stuff it's all good stuff but there's just expensive months coming up so i'm just like oh these are things i want to do but i i should not do them right now yeah well i mean you got to prioritize and again a tv is a tv if it works i mean if you were in my room right now like the least techie thing that i own is my tv it's literally fucking walmart brand like like 30 incher that i got on black friday for 75 dollars. i remember dude. that yeah, it's, I can't believe it still even fucking works, dude. But, I mean, it's been four years, I want to say. And, um, again, once I move into my own spot, I'll get a big TV for the main room or whatever. But uh, for me, I don't – well, again, since I don't have console, and when, when I play the Switch, I play it on my 1080p. It's like a 30-inch or 28-inch monitor um, because my bed's so close to it. I just lay on my bed and play like that, and it's it's totally – like, it's great. Um but yeah, the only time I even use my TV is for watching um, a movie or a TV show with the girlfriend, which we hardly even do that now. Usually we're watching something on like a laptop or whatever in, in the bed. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, eventually I would like to get my own. But if you you know, if the TV's working for now, even if it does have all the features, it's not as crisp as you want. Hey, it's, it's at least it's a TV, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I do think that Samsung... Um, is if you put it head to head with Vizio, I think Samsung's better. Um, my thing is Vizio for me, because I owned a 32 inch Vizio for a lot of years and my brother did too. We bought the same one years and years and years ago. And um, we got it because it was, I think also a Black Friday sale. And um, for me, I've always pictured Vizio being kind of mid range. It's not, there's, there's, there's better, but there's also a lot worse than Vizio. Yeah. And my experience with Vizio was again, nice. It was, but I didn't necessarily have much to compare it to but for me, I was happy with it. It worked fine. Um, but again, this was back when it was 720p, and I don't even know if 1080 was like necessarily prevalent. This was we're talking like 10 years ago, man, or you know, close to it. So, yeah, but, no, I've, yeah, I've, no, I, I can sympathize with that. I think my that my first nice TV, I would say, was that 42 inch Vizio, and so like my 4K one, for example, one of the issues I have with it is there's only one 4K 60 hertz port on it because it was during that weird time frame where there were 4K TVs coming out, but it was 4K 30 hertz, and they would have like mm. one plug that was for 4K 60, and then even so, I have some handshake issues when I play on consoles. Like for whatever reason, my uh, my 4K Chromecast is perfectly fine on that port, but any console, like, it will just, like, disconnect at random times. That's really strange. Yeah, yeah. So even so, it's like I've had this TV, and I just haven't really gotten to fully enjoy it, unfortunately, with the, you know, the uh, the newer consoles and all that. But, oh, well, it is what it is. How, how long have you had it for? Uh, let's see. I got it early 2016, so it's been about two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that's not old then. yeah yeah i know but it was it was during that one weird 4k tv transition phase yeah i mean 4k is still relatively i don't want to say new but i mean again it's still yeah, I, I remember it's not mainstream i remember adapted. high school being like blown away by the uh by the idea of it i think like when i was like 16 or 17 that was the first time i ever heard of 4k resolution Mm-hmm. it wasn't until i saw it in a electronic store where i was like <laughs> it was like a curved tv and i was like pretty you know <laughs> i like those curved tvs they're cool i never bought one but i thought they were pretty neat yeah i i mean i don't know that i'd 
necessarily like I, I think they cost more usually so i don't know they why do. like i'm not gonna spend more money on a curved tv but they sure as shit do look cool when you walk by them in the store you're like nice curves oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a sexy tv right there <laughs> but yeah oh, man so i did have i have some topics here obviously that we've uh we've kind of typed up and everything one of them though i'm i'm skipping over one for now we can come back to it but uh cryptocurrency so this is like at one point i think we had mentioned like oh we were talking about like pc gaming on and i thought of this but with the cryptocurrency boom that's happened in the past like six or nine months what have your thoughts been on it um my thoughts on the on cryptocurrency spiking in the last six or nine months? Yeah, spy, just a- any thoughts that you have on it, man. Well, I have been interested or in following cryptocurrency at least to an extent for the last few years. Well, probably even longer. There's a video on my channel where I reviewed an ASIC miner for Bitcoin years and years and years ago. Um, oh, shit. I didn't and, even know you did that. Yeah, that was back in, I, I won't click right now, but I, if I had to guess, I would say at least 2014. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been at least you know, three, four years easily, probably even before that, to be honest with you. But, uh, um, so yeah, I've been interested in kind of following it. I have an app on my phone where I check the, you know, prices every single morning. It's kind of like part of my routine. Well, <laughs> um, I hadn't talked much about, I hadn't talked much about it in quite a while. And then this past June, maybe April, May, I don't know, the first quarter to, you know, a third into last year, 2017, um, my cousin came and visited with her boyfriend from Illinois, and we had dinner together, and he was talking to me about cryptocurrency and about a a specific ICO that he had been investing in, and that he kind of had some, like, insider information from one of his buddies out there that was a really smart guy and a couple other buddies out there that had done research saying that it was going to take off and he had been dumping in like a thousand dollars from each paycheck or something like that into it and um so I, I started getting interested and again this last year here i've been the poorest i've ever been being you know back in school and just doing a little bit of youtube here and there i didn't exactly have a lot of you know play money essentially um, so I did do a little bit of investing here and there, uh, mostly in some of the, uh, smaller ICOs along with like a little bit of, uh, ripple, but I ended up having to pull out quite a few times throughout the last year, just for, again, bills coming up, bills coming up and I'm like, ah, I need the money, you know, more than I need this, this, uh, cryptocurrency right now. But the last time I put in any, like anything at all was, um, ripple or XRP, which, um, was it had surpassed ethereum um for a brief moment and i now i believe ethereum has taken over in terms of its total uh market value or or market cap um i put in like a couple hundred bucks into it when it was at a dollar 50 and i woke up in the morning and it was at 350 and i was like oh shit like (laughs) i was like fuck yeah and uh so I was super stoked, and I was uh, every time anything goes crazy in crypto, I always check Twitter because I love seeing all of the haters and trolls and you know people happy and people sad. It's it just it's really like an emotional roller coaster on the Twitter. So I was looking at stuff and people were speculating, oh, it's gonna go to ten dollars and you know this and that. But I ended up having I ended up pulling it out literally the week after for um, I think it was potentially for like Christmas gifts I had coming up. I wanted to get my family something nice, and so I pulled out some extra bit so i basically went from like 
200 250 like $500 or $600 overnight, um, which was cool, which again, I know that's not a lot of money, but for me, I'm like, hey, that's a couple hundred bucks. And um, you, you know, you should have done, you should have gotten your family paper wallets for Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, but then literally the following week, um, I was like, oh, thank God I pulled it out because my couple hundred dollars would have been about $75 oh, right yeah. about now. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the whole up and down train. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the crash. Um, yeah. The biggest person I know that cashed out was my teacher at uh, my community college. He has been holding on to some Bitcoin since 2012 or 13. And um, the day it hit 17,000, he pulled out 50 grand. So, Jesus. Um, and he wanted to pull out more. I think he had in total about, uh, I think he had like five to six Bitcoins. So he was trying to pull out $100,000, but I guess Coinbase... Uh, had a limit to fifty thousand per week, and that week, literally, uh, by the following Friday, it was substantially lower than what it was when he had pulled out. So I, 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 you know, I don't keep in contact with him via email or anything. So I don't know whether he uh, kept it in or pulled out and like that. But it's been a fucking roller coaster uh, yeah. with all of the different countries, you know, imposing laws against it, and then a, a lot of scam stuff going on. I, I heard things about like uh, insider manipulation and things like that. So. <clears throat> Me and my dad have gotten into an argument on Christmas uh, Eve about cryptocurrency, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> li literally, argument like we were both like yelling, and my my girlfriend and my mom like tried to like break us apart, and then we both were idiots, and so we realized after we'd been arguing that we both felt the same way, but in the heat of the moment, we like couldn't understand that we were both saying the same thing fucking differently, like <laughs> morons. So that was fun, <clears throat> but yeah, it's been a fuck fuck man. I said half word twice there, but it's been a roller coaster of a um, twelve months or even two months, you know, with with it all. See, I have uh, my my thing is because uh, I've invested in several coins, but uh, my thing has been this: these, these are two my two like claims to shame, I guess, when it comes to Bitcoin. I knew about Bitcoin, I think, in twenty eleven or twenty twelve, and I did not buy any Bitcoin because my logic was. I'm not trying to buy drugs. I'm not trying to buy anything on the dark web. So why the hell do I need this imaginary e-currency of some kind? Because I had several friends that had Bitcoin, but they were using it to purchase like weed and other drugs and all that other fun stuff. And they were able to successfully do it. Mm -hmm. But that's what they were using it for because uh, the Silk Road at the time, that's was you know, the biggest use really for it all. And that's when it wasn't an investment. It was a decentralized currency that could be used to remain some type of anonymous on there. So it was, it was interesting to see. And I, I've even, one thing I've kind of thought of, like I thought of some friends who've told me about it and like they showed me and they introduced me to Bitcoin and all that. And there's sometimes I just kind of sit back and think, I'm like, I wonder if they ever sit back and just kind of slap themselves either mentally or physically for being like, wow, I smoked up like 60 Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm sure that there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that um, I'm sure feel that way. And again, I mean, I'm similar, similar boat to you. Um, back when I got that little ASIC ant miner, I thought, you know, it's too late. So I, I set it up for the YouTube video and then I didn't do anything more with it. But to, in reality, if I had just continued with it, I could have made thousands tens of thousands um yeah but i mean to be fair i think that there's a lot of things that will happen in life that maybe not to that extreme going from pennies to you know tens of thousands 
But I mean, for example, my dad always tells me he kicks himself for back in the day, like Hanson's before they launched Monster, he was going to invest in Hanson's stock like a pretty substantial amount, and he didn't. And the the, the stock after Monster Energy became a thing, I mean, it, it skyrocketed, and I mean anybody could have made a shitload of money on that too. So, um, you know, and the big thing my dad has been arguing with me is that. He's, he's a skeptic, hands down, and I understand the skepticism and that he doesn't feel that it's going to be as free-flowing as it's been, as all these regulations are taking place. And, you know, he always tells me, you know, for every winner, there's a loser. And I agree. I mean, again, for my teacher cashing out at seventeen or 18000 somebody bought at seventeen or 18000 And, yep. you know, now look what it's at. And Yo, that I, person- know, I know someone whose mom bought it at like eighteen or 19000 <laughs> Yeah. So, it's, again, <laughs> those people are like, you know, sweating fucking bullets and and it sucks like it would all the people that you know the people that bought my xrp for again just five six hundred bucks but that five or six hundred dollars currently standing as of right this second is worth about i'd say 160 dollars so you know again it's the way the way i have come to a conclusion on cryptocurrency in general is that it's it's gambling that's the way i see it is that it's gambling but it's at least gambling with some education hopefully like knowing what the project is behind whatever ico or or major currency that you're you're messing with um but at the end of the day it's gambling because nobody knows what's going to happen you don't know whether you're going to lose your ass or make a killing and again it's so volatile with the fact that bitcoin takes a hit you know a you know 30 percent, 40 percent loss and some of these fucking icos drop down 200 percent overnight or something like that it, mm-hmm. it's 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 madness and I am a, uh, I, me and my dad recently when we were talking about it, we read the white papers for Bitcoin and Bitcoin, um, I can't, what's his name? Satoshi, right? Uh, yeah. Is it Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto or something like that? Yeah. Well, if you look at his white papers, then Bitcoin's failed from his initial dream for what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's for the most part, it's a, it's a, it's a get rich quick scheme for most people. Mm-hmm. And that's not what and it was supposed to be at all. No, at all, it was supposed to be a decentralized currency with a positive outcome. That was it was actually supposed to be much more stable too. It, the The stability is a huge issue as to why, in its current state, Bitcoin can't succeed as a as a long term currency in my mind. Because if it's going from a thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollars and up to twenty thousand dollars and dropping down it's not there's no stability you know it's got to at some point at least find a ground where it's not shooting to the moon and dropping down to earth again it's got to find a happy medium somewhere so even if bitcoin does completely crash whatever it might be it's more the network behind the and the infrastructure is what's the most fascinating and i feel like the blockchain can do a lot more than the cryptocurrency can Oh, blockchain. Okay, okay, that's the thing me and my dad do agree on. Blockchain technology is amazing. It, it is fucking amazing. It's a whole ecosystem within itself, and it, it is extremely complex and very insanely awesome code. But again, it's going to have its uses, and it's not going to go anywhere. That's one thing we can agree on is that blockchain is going nowhere. Really? But you think that? That blockchain is going nowhere? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just surprised with that. Wait, did you misconstrue? I mean, like, I'm saying that the blockchain technology is not going away. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. not going. It sounded no, 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 like no. You, yeah, maybe that's... I had a maybe I had a Daniel and his dad type moment there because it sounded to me yeah. like you were saying, oh no, like the blockchain is worthless. No, no, no. Yeah, based off your reaction, um, I was like, no, something did not come out right because you're, 
you sound total. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying that it's here to stay. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's not going anywhere in a sense that it's not going to just. Well, blockchain was a thing, and now it's gone. No, that technology is not going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. it's unlike anything. I, I love seeing the uses that it has right now. Also, I was scooting this story real quick because I was saying this is my second claim to shame on here. Uh, like several years ago, I want to say this like 2013, 2014. Somebody had asked me, they're just like, well, I have a few hundred dollars, so maybe instead of buying this thing, I should just buy a Bitcoin. And I said, I was like, no, it is too late. $300 is way too much for one Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) I said that at 700, man. Oh, man. But no, going back to the uh, blockchain thing, like some of the uses I've seen for it have been uh, one of them is uh, they're wanting to use it as a digital footprint for photography so you can trace the lineage and see and they can use that for uh you know copyright and just trace the lineage of a photo itself another use has been also diamonds as well like so we can trace lineage of diamonds through the blockchain it's awesome i mean it's again the fact that you can i mean even even if they incorporate it with um like credit cards for fraud purposes and stuff like that the ability to check and make sure that there's no like double processing and that you know it because it keeps the whole track record in the chain of each transaction and you know the all the hands is it's exchanged to and my teacher the one that sold his bitcoin is a huge uh huge i mean programmer and advocate of blockchain and he made us watch like a 20 or 30 minute documentary not on bitcoin but on the actual science behind blockchain and the coding and how it all works because he thought that it he felt like it related obviously to the you know programming class in terms of classes and, and structures and, you know, inheritance, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is very fascinating. I just, again, don't know what's going to happen in terms of all with all these governments, because um, it, it, every time it seems like an article comes out about the government doing this, the government doing that, it seems like the prices take a shit. And then all of a sudden they bounce back to new heights. And that's what's like, that was happening over and over again. I think I, I can't remember what other country country did that too, but was it, was it Russia? Uh, I know Russia. There's been a few times. China's been a few times they've said things. Maybe Korea as well, too. Yeah, there's just stuff going on everywhere. So it, it'll be interesting to see. My biggest thing is this. If um, I, I always told my dad and like my girlfriend when I was talking about it, I said, if I had a six-figure job, right? Let's say I was making $100,000 a year. I would say that I would probably put $10,000 in crypto a year. Like that's how I, I feel confident enough to where if I had it, I'd put 10% of my net worth in crypto. Mm-hmm. But I think for the people that are pulling out mortgages, taking out loans, and oh, putting no, in crypto, no, no, you're, no, you're a damn no, fool. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a fool. To me, it's like, and again, it's not even just that I don't necessarily believe in the longevity of crypto. It's more comes down to my dad's always taught me to never put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Always spread yourself out across multiple, you know, different, different places to protect yourself. Because if one thing fails, you don't want to be all in, you know, so um Again, but I'm very fascinated by it, and it's very exciting for me to see. Um, I made a YouTube video on a brief little thing. Have you heard of Crypto Kitties at all? Yes, I I'd seen your video <laughs> about that where you were printing out your own Crypto Kitties. Do you did you did you buy into any of the Crypto Kitties? I I still hold some Crypto Kitties. Okay, okay, okay. I I did it. I hold Ethereum, but I don't hold Crypto Kitties. Yeah. So the thing is, I um. I found out about it in the like the hype. I actually found out about it in my programming class. And if you guys briefly don't know, uh, CryptoKitties is like essentially a like say it, it's a game. Uh, whether it's a game, that's debatable. I got to see what Webster's dictionary of what a game it truly is. I, but... I would say it's a game. Okay, well, it's essentially you collect things similar to what would be like a card. Like let's just say, for example, a Pokemon card. Um, you collect these digital cats that have unique 
you know hashes or algorithms that you hold in a, in a wallet, uh, similar to a uh, you know cryptocurrency of some way, shape, or form. And you can trade the cats, you can sell the cats, you can buy the cats, <laughs> you can breed the cats, and and their offspring will have different genetics. There's various genes with them. But they were going for stupid prices. Like I think that the highest one sold one digital cat sold for a hundred thousand dollars. Because it was wasn't... all on Ethereum, and I remember it was really funny yeah. too. Because there was so much hype behind it that it slowed down the entire network. Yeah, the whole network went from costing like thirty to forty cents for a transaction to uh, about eight to twelve dollars for a transaction to go through, which is fucking insane. Like the the the. the the transactions were timing out because of just how bottlenecked they were um, from people trading and selling these cats. Well, um, yeah, the prices, I mean, the prices went from anywhere starting at probably your cheapest cat you can get was like $12 when I was looking into it up until again, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands (laughs) of dollars. And so I definitely lost probably, I would say a hundred to $150 messing with it because I got in, in the peak of it and i was instantly able to like breed and sell a couple which made back some but the the hype died down extremely quick and i'm still hoping it's going to bounce back because they are releasing it um in china very soon here and i think that once it hits the asian market um i think they're also doing it in like japan and somewhere else they've translated the whole game i think that it, it can do really well over there i don't know that it'll ever reach the height that it did um, but it is really interesting that there has been a lot of other game type things popping up there's one called ETH. Uh, Ethermon or Ethereumon, which is basically a Pokemon game based off the blockchain where you can actually battle for like gyms and by winning the gyms you actually win Ether, which is interesting. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't hear about that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's much smaller and they have done absolutely no marketing. I only found it through the CryptoKitties Reddit. Um, the developer wanted to make sure that he had everything perfectly dialed in before doing any form of promotion uh because again if there's bugs and stuff and it gets promoted too heavily it'll ruin the game like people will talk shit on it and stuff so he was keeping it very kind of closed um but yeah some of the fucking pokemon are expensive dude (laughs) i mean when they were starting off we're talking average price on his were like 800 to a grand and i'm like yeah i'm okay on that thanks though so yeah but yeah it's interesting um still proves that the internet absolutely loves cats yeah, dude. That, that was yeah, like the no. biggest hype beast thing. It was something on the internet. It was about cats, and it was tied into cryptocurrency. It could not fail. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, it literally came up from nowhere. I had not heard anything about it. Some people made some serious dough um, by trading and getting in just early uh, off the hype. But I know that OP Skins, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? Uh, no, I'm not, actually. Okay, well, OP Skins is basically the, like, I believe a multi-billion dollar company that sells video game skins. Um, Counter-Strike, PUBG. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and um, they actually, they also have their own ICO now called Wax, which hasn't been out for too long. Um, but they, their bot purchased 5,000 CryptoKitties um, in the last couple of months here so they obviously think that they're gonna get a return on their investment by you know spending five five thousand crypto kitties had to at least cost them at a bare minimum thirty or forty thousand dollars i would say um minimum um so i'm assuming that they're thinking that they will do well but it's interesting it's just uh, yeah like you said dude cats in the fucking internet dude go hand in hand it's like peanut butter and jelly that that kind of reminds me of have you heard of dragon chain 
It's a mobile app thing, isn't it? Uh, no, it is. Um, it's its own coin as well, too. So yeah, Dragon Chain right now, it's uh, $1.94 while I'm talking to you. And uh, it is a type of blockchain that Disney ended up building. <laughs> Disney backed it? Disney, yeah. Huh, I'm going to just type in my uh, Dragon Chain coin. I'm going to put that in my browser so I can yeah, look at no, it. Yeah, check, check it out. And I think I, I tried to buy it once, and it's like there's there's only certain times that you can purchase it. So they're they're being very uh, selective with it and just kind of releasing a little bit at a time. That's interesting. What's the project behind it? I haven't tracked the project and the lineage behind it mainly. It was like I just I first heard of it from a like 3 a.m. Uber ride where I was going to the airport and the Uber driver would, and I started talking about cryptocurrencies and he mentioned he he mistakenly called it Dragon Coin but he mentioned it to yeah. me and I'm just like wait 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 Disney like D Disney really oh, okay I need to look into this. I'm surprised that hasn't been bigger like headlines and i haven't heard of it because i there was quite a few uh, youtubers on crypto that i was watching for a while when i was messing with it all just to see what they had to say but i mean they don't know it i mean i don't want to say they don't know anything but they know it's all speculation again at of, the end course. Of, the day. of course of course of so. course yeah nintendo labo have you have you looked into this yeah i um I haven't really looked looked into it, but I saw the like launch trailer. Um, at least I saw GameRanks' breakdown of the launch trailer, um, and it seems interesting. It's basically, from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it is. It looks like targeted more towards children, and they're essentially like cardboard, um, cardboard cut not cut out. I don't know how to describe it. Cardboard cutouts or cardboard crafts that um, interact with your uh, Switch, your Nintendo Switch console, and there's various ones. Like one example was a piano, where you're literally folding this cardboard that you buy into a cardboard piano with keys that actually move. And um, I don't know if you download something on your Switch or if there's a thing you scan or whatever, but it looks like you use your uh, Joy-Con controllers. I believe it's like this sensor, the uh, IR sensor potentially, mm-hmm. and it's it's accurate enough to be able to when you press one of those cardboard keys, recognize which key has been pressed, and in that way relay music back. So it combines essentially creativity along with games. And like uh, I would say, I'm not, it's nothing like it at all. But I'm going to compare it to Legos essentially, where it stimulates your mind in a actual physical creative way, but also implements like a game or again a musical instrument and the thing I found interesting with Game Ranks mentioning it is they were talking about how the cardboard things seem kind of interesting because of the fact that one, they're pretty pricey from what I saw. Um, they are, yeah. Not... I think the kits are like seventy bucks or something like that. Yeah, so that's not very cheap considering that it's made out of cardboard. But what they also were saying is that they could see a lot of potential uses for this for things like three D printers, which is something that I was fascinated by because um, they were talking about making potentially upgrades to like some of the parts by actually 3D printing solid pieces instead of using the cardboard. Uh, again, I don't know how that would work in terms of the light and dark and what exactly is needed, but it's very interesting. It's very Nintendo to pull something very random like that. You know, like, it, it's something that nobody asked for that, um, <laughs> but they did it. And but they, the, the thing is, too, they, they also, I remember they had said something like, we are going to be announcing, like, a new way to play games on our systems. And, like, everyone was immediately thinking, they're like, okay, VR, VR, VR. But, like, they'd said, they kind of hinted, like, no, this is going to be something that has, has not been done before. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, this is a way to play games on your console that has, like, th- this is this has never been done. 
Yeah. Um, again, I just, I mean, would you say, from what I see, it seems like their core audience is children. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely aimed for children. Like, I myself, not not only with, like, I was thinking it might be 20, 30 bucks, and I would have checked it out, but it's 70, so I am not the target audience, so I, that's why I'm not really going crazy criticizing it. I know kids are absolutely going to love this thing. I am probably, like, I've thought of this, I'll probably pick up a kit for my brothers, because I gave them a Switch, uh, so, uh, like, whenever it comes out, I might just pre-order one and send it over to them. All I end up doing is waiting to see um, see what I'm hoping for. Okay, Mr. Mario, is that <laughs> is, uh, can I call you, can I call you Danny? <laughs> um, yeah, no, good, but, man. but what I'm waiting to see is here. Here's my dream: Team Executor, right, <laughs> or a Fail Overflow comes out and just just straight face fucks the Switch, right, and um, and we're able to access that part of like the whatever they're called the lab labos yeah and that people are able to homebrew some super badass shit that would be cool that would be creativity coming together with homebrew which i would absolutely love that's the dream for me is that if i can somehow get my console unlocked get access to labo and maybe enough insight to where i'm able to learn how to do some basic stuff and then implement that with 3d printing hardware that can interact with my switch that's the dream that is badass which so, that is supposed to be possible i know fail overflow they have a boot rom exploit uh there's they have not said for anybody who's saying they're gonna no they have not said that they're gonna release it all right they have not said they're gonna release it but team executor does have salt soldered and solderless chips that they are going mm -hmm. to be releasing and they claim to say the same thing apparently theirs is a boot rom exploit of some kind but you do need a chip for theirs so it's going to be possible like i don't i don't know how how deep it's going to get into labo but hopefully that's hey homebrewers just like work on that yeah that's that's what i'm really hoping honestly um and again if the price <coughs> drops down low enough maybe be something i check out but i honestly seeing it being more of a legacy thing for me like i would buy it and then it would collect dust, and then I'd be like, God, I have too many boxes in my room. Where am I going to put this shit? So, you know, especially, like, the piano didn't look very small or anything like that. But, yeah, I see parents – I see the target audience being parents for their children. Like, uh, let's get you this. You know, it's something that you can do that's creative, and it's using, you know, versus why, why, you know, why do you play that game where you just go around killing all these things? Why don't you know, like, play this or, or something like that. So – but yeah, it's, it would be interesting to see whether that $70 price tag sticks and for how long it does stick once the initial hype's died down. So I've also listened to, like, did, did you know that Nintendo Power came back? Maybe, but I'm going to say no in this moment. Nintendo Power is a podcast now. So that's okay, another podcast I can recommend. But their late episode two, uh, it was a Nintendo Labo roundtable. And one of the people who, I don't think he worked on the Labo, but he was definitely testing it quite early in development. And he said he just had this dumb smile on his face the whole time, like he was messing with it the first time. Because he was looking at it and he was imagining, like, take, I don't know, some eight-year-old kid right now. And they end up getting a Labo in a few months. And then in 10 or 15 years, they're applying to a job where they are doing something related to engineering. And if they ask, like, if they somehow get asked, you know, what got you into engineering, they might cite. Like, it's very possible in the next 10 or 15 years we'll have kids that are saying, like, no, I, I got into engineering because of Labo. Because I wanted to – I got this thing from Nintendo and I could build my own stuff. And then I wanted to start building my own original things. And that eventually led me into engineering and design. That's – these these are – this is Nintendo's team talking about this? Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, it's very possible. Again, I I mean, looking back, my I, okay. So again, I like building shit and I like messing with things, and you obviously know that, and my viewers know that. And when I think back to his when I was a little kid. I was obsessed with Legos, dude. I've always been building my whole life. I, I used to build massive towers and like garages for my cars and stuff like that and then mess them up and make them better and stuff. So it's possible that that by doing something like that, then yeah, a kid will see, oh, I like, you know, I like this. And then what's the next thing I can do to do that? It, it's possible. Again, I'm just still, ex I'm, I, I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a deal to me, but I'm excited to see how it is responded to once it's actually hit the stores. And does it have a release date? Uh, I believe it's coming out in April, like in mid-April. Okay, so because I wasn't sure if it was like a holiday, like like late year thing. I but... want to say April fourteenth, April seventeenth. Those are the those are the dates that ring a bell in my head. I'm not looking it up right okay. now, but I believe it's mid-April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what exactly becomes of it because I think it has potential. Um, yeah, but again, it's again for a very specific audience, which is young little people mm -hmm. so yeah but yeah go nintendo for doing something different They're not, okay if i can say one last thing about it is no, that go ahead please. i can respect nintendo for having balls i think nintendo's got massive balls i just i i, they I don't... love what they've done with the switch in the past year or so you what i love what they've done with the switch like i've had i've had rma my stuff several times but aside from the rmas i've had nothing but positive experiences with the switch it's not, okay. I heard your RMA part. But you said you've you've had a good experience with the Switch, other than that. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. I've, okay. Yeah. I, I have a uh, can't, no. I, this video will be out at the time, so I can talk about it. So I've had to RMA a Joy-Con. I've had to RMA a Joy-Con again. I've had to RMA a Pro Controller, and I had to RMA the Switch itself. Man, dude, I'm like knocking on wood that I haven't. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure you've used yours a lot more than mine because I really. Uh, I had my moments where I played it pretty heavily, but it's it's been all in my room and like at the house. I haven't really taken it anywhere. And yep. I know you were saying that you were taking it to and from work, which I'm sure like being in the bag and stuff like that had an effect on it. Yo, which again, that's not an excuse though for it being fucked up, dude. For so so the last time I made it, like my my switch kind of cooked itself. I think I remember you saying that, didn't you? Say it like turned on and it was like like i don't know like suffocated itself or something yeah like that? yeah no i put it in my bag and uh i remember like that morning i put it in there and it was just on the main screen and i was like oh okay that's fine it's just gonna you know go into standby mode after like a minute or two yeah mm -hmm. no i checked it and i opened it up out of the bag like four hours later and the thing was very hot to the touch and the top part of the screen just like the the protective cover of the screen in the corner it was popping off of the switch itself Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and with enough heat, it kept doing that. So I had to send it back to Nintendo because I was like, guys, this is this is a safety concern at this point. I really don't want this to blow up. They they ended up changing out the yeah. casing on it from what I saw. I believe I got the same system, but the casing is like nice and new and pristine. So hopefully, I don't run into that issue again. But I've had it uh, several times, and I was running it by Devin. I'm just like, I don't know if this is a bug or if this is just uh, a missing logic or what it is. But I feel like if I'm putting my Switch down on the table and I'm just sitting in the menu and not doing anything, not touching anything for like five minutes, it should go into sleep mode. Yeah. No, that, I mean, <laughs> it's like a tablet, so that's what tablets do, you know? Exactly. But no, it did not, unfortunately. So I've, I've tested it multiple times after that, but I've tested it in like open air on a table. But now whenever I put it in my case again, I definitely make sure it's, it is for sure like the screen is off. It is in at minimum sleep mode. Yeah, 
just because you don't want your screen melting off. How, how long did it take from the time you sent it out to get, a, get it back? Uh, I want to say it took less than five days. Oh, wow. Yeah, I asked them to expedite cool. it as well, too, because like I, they expedited one of my RMAs before, and I was just like, guys, I kind of I kind of want my Switch back soon, please. Because mm-hmm. my family was coming into town that week, so I wanted them to play on it, which they did, and they had quite a bit of fun. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, five days is a pretty solid turnaround. I was thinking it'd probably be a couple weeks. Yeah, no, it was originally supposed to be like that, but I just asked them to expedite, so I had a uh, second-day air for shipping, and um, then they overnighted it back to me. And every single time I've already made something, uh, it, it goes into the it, it goes to the repair center. And within a day, like that same day, it comes back out. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. No, Nintendo's yeah, really cool. repair centers are on point. Except I think the, um, was it, I think one of my Joy-Cons they just replaced. And I think the Pro Controller they also just flat out replaced. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's probably such a small thing. They're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. So, so two out of my four RMAs, twice they've done repairs and twice they've done replacements. Yeah, that's cool though. I mean, as long as you get it back and it's not having the same issue you sent it out with, then I mean, happy, happy person, you know? Exactly. So yeah, that's cool. It's yeah. good to know if I ever have any issue, which hopefully I don't. But <laughs> if it happens, hopefully I mean, you know. if it's happened that many times to you, it's probably only a matter of time. Yo, you know? dude, Nintendo's customer service is some of the best I've ever dealt with. That's really cool. Yeah, like every single time I contact them, they're nice, they're friendly, they're a pleasure to talk to. And like if if something goes wrong, they always try and uh, and go out of their way to fix it up. Like the, I, I just think of like the, the first time they ever did something for, like that for me. I remember in college, I put in a big order for a bunch of, um, not Joy-Con, but a bunch of Wiimotes and Nunchucks. And mm-hmm. they contacted me. They're like, we're really sorry about this, but we need you to call in and confirm your order. So I did. And they're like, hey, we're so sorry. We're really sorry to take up your time. We really apologize about this. We've been having uh, payment processor issues all day. We just need to confirm this with you. And I did. And they're like, okay, well, great. Your order went through this time. The payment went through. And uh, as a uh, – due to the inconvenience here, we'd like to upgrade you to overnight shipping at no extra charge. And I was like, dude, this this is like five minutes of my time. You're upgrading me to overnight shipping. That's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's why yeah. it's like every single time I've dealt with them. Like, no, it's been awesome experiences all around. I've never had a bad experience with their customer service. It says a lot about a company, you know, yep. how they treat the customer after the fact when they're dealing with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of games, though. Yeah, hats off. I, Mario hat off. <laughs> yeah, Mario hat off, indeed. Speaking of games, though, what have you been playing recently? Um, well, I've got, let's see, I bought this game probably two weeks ago, and I'm 65 hours in so far, so um, I have been, well, a little bit of PUBG still. Um, A lot of my buddies from PC are all on PlayStation right now playing um, Monster Hunter. Um, That's the big game that they've been playing, like, every single day, so it's kind of a ghost land for the most part in my Discord as of now. that's disappointing. Um, one, yeah, I know. And um, but the one game that I have been pretty, obs- I, I want to say obsessively playing uh, on PC is Slay the Spire. Okay, it, it is fucking phenomenal. It's in beta right now, um, but it's the game is essentially completed. The only thing that they're doing is some balances, but it's so it's like a dungeon crawler, but card style game with procedurally generated the way 
what monsters you'll encounter in what order and stuff like that. And there's two different classes. When the full release is out, they're going to have a third class. Um, but the game was developed by two college buddies. Um, one guy, I think I read the article, it said that they'd met back in college and he was working a job, one of the guys later on, like years and years later. And I think it said he quit his job on a whim and contacted his buddy from college and asked if he wanted to work on this game. And so as far as I know, it's just the two guys that created this game. Um, they outsource some of the stuff like uh, some of the artwork and things like that. But it is so fucking challenging and so fun. It is insane, dude. And so you like, you pick your character. And again, you have cards. And so you, like every time you kill a monster and proceed to the next part of the dungeon, you'll get to pick like one of three cards to add to your deck or you can skip. And the cards can be offense, defense. They take various um, powers, so similar to like Hearthstone. But it's way different than Hearthstone. It's PVE, so you're not playing against other players. And there's these things called relics, and there's like 60 of them. And each relic gives you a random power-up. So maybe one will be every time you take damage, deal three damage to the person. Or um, gain an extra power each time you start combat. To like um, gain three curses, three curse cards, and three other relics. Like They're, they're crazy, and you don't know what you're going to get. But when you kill these elites, you get relics. When you, there's like question marks, because you can choose your path. It's like procedurally generated, but <clears throat> there's usually three different routes you can take or something like that um, via like a plotted map. And there's question marks. And sometimes when you go to the question marks, it's like a gamble. It can be a good thing, like here's a free relic, or it can be here's a crazy monster, or here's a curse, like lose 25% of your health, or every time you play a card, lose an HP. So it's just so fun and it but it's very very hard i've played again in 65 hours played i would say one like a dungeon run from beginning to end takes about 30 minutes give or take once you start speed running it i've only completed it four times out of the 65 hours i played Jesus. and every other time i've i've died it's very very difficult and very strategic in terms of how you want to build your deck and the relics that you get which again are at random also play a huge role in whether you're going to play more defensively more tanky how are you going to build your deck and it's just a blast man from the the music to the the, the little encounters the bosses are insanely awesome looking and I, I highly recommend it it's 15 bucks and it's seriously the best 15 bucks i've spent in a very long time see and that sounds awesome like just like the inception and how it was created and you can just tell i'm sure it sounds like it but i'm sure that you're able to tell that it's just it's just nothing but love from the developers and this is a true passion project that they had from beginning to end they absolutely love the game and the community loves the game it was getting like extremely overwhelmingly positive on steam and uh I saw like all their beta testers for it were just friends in real life. They had all their buddies test out, you know, the game and, and stuff like that. And um, they're updating it very heavily. It looks like every week they do updates, um, pretty big ones. And they're also very vocal with the Steam community and community in general as to what they're doing and the progress they're making, which is keeping everybody very happy and, you know, the people at bay, which is nice. So, um, yeah, I happened to see it on Twitch because it was streaming like very high up, and I was like, "What's this game?" And I saw it, and was like, "This looks interesting." And I saw the price, and I was like, "It's a given. I gotta give it a go at fifteen bucks." And uh, yeah, I'm just the amount of time I spent, quote unquote, slaying the spire or getting slayed by the spire is just insane, dude. I again, it's not everyone's game style. And I get that, and a lot of my buddies have recommended to like, ah, I don't like playing card style games or whatever, but um. Yeah, it, it's awesome, dude. And if you've got a brief moment and think it might be something you're interested in or anyone listening, I highly recommend checking it out. I'll have to check it out at one point then. It's only on PC, right? Yes, but I did read somewhere that, and again, it could be rumored, but 
potential there's talk about uh once the game gets out of beta they're heavily uh interested in potentially porting it to the switch pretty much everything is going to the switch right now it's like it's it's an indie developer's playground and i absolutely love that i am in the same boat if it comes to the switch i will buy it again on the switch because it it's such a the replayability um because once you beat the game three times well not necessarily three times but once you've beaten because three different final bosses Mm -hmm. and it's at random every time you play it once you get through act one act two and act three which is the final act once you completed all three bosses then you unlock what would be similar to like in Diablo as torments, and each torment, which is again that's not what it's called, but I'm calling it that because I can't remember the the word they use. Or like nightmare has, levels, you mean like yeah, exactly. Like nightmare it's, one through six, and yeah. exactly, it's just like that. And there's increased challenges, so like more elites spawn or elites do more damage, and so again you're playing it through and through, and there's unlocks and a ton of really challenging uh, achievements. I've gotten seventy percent of the achievements done, uh, but it's just. Again, it's a blast, man. And the two classes play so differently. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for when they release the third class just to have a completely... From what I read, they're just working on the balancing. They want to make sure that the... Because um, each character has completely different cards. So um, all the random cards that you can get are specific to that class. So it, again, like one of the characters, when you finish killing a, a boss... Or, or no, when you finish killing anything which um, there's like probably 15 fights or 10 fights in each act, you get you heal 6 HP automatically. It's part of his given relic. Uh, While the other guy, his relic gives you two extra cards at the beginning. So with the other guy, you've got to make sure you're buffing your defense a lot more. While the other guy, you're like, ah, if I take six or seven damage, it's no biggie because at the end of the I'll get six back. So you play completely different along with um, the... The one that's more defensey has a lot of poison cards that you can poison the enemy, and so you're working on defense while slowly poisoning them over time. So again, I, I'm done rambling on about it, but it, it is a phenomenal game, and um, I'm not sponsored by them by any means. But it, it's just it's a lot of fun. Man. <laughs> it's one of the better games that I have played, and has again, uh, 65 hours in, it's not a game that I just like a little bit. I, I like it a lot. No, oh, that's awesome. I like man. it. And- I, I, I love hearing people talk about games they absolutely love because you can just hear that passion behind it. Yeah, it's again. I was bit by the bug, and I'm like, "Fuck! I, I gotta go home right now and work on some stuff." And then an hour later, girlfriend, "What are you done? Uh, I almost slayed the spire." <laughs> She's like, "I hate you," and I'm like, "All right, I love you." But uh, anyways, uh, let's flip the script. What? Well, uh, last thing, quick here. The last thing which I'm not really gonna even talk about is that I'm getting Bayonetta two and the one digital download on Switch tonight, and I cannot wait. I mentioned this to you earlier. You said they're fantastic. I have not played them, so I know I'm in for a treat. But that is what will be on my uh agenda for my game time over the next few weeks here i'm sure so with that yes, said yes yes yeah no uh, prior to this so we're actually recording this the night before bayonetta one and two are supposed to come out on the switch i almost said wii u uh but no uh, daniel said he was going to be picking them up after this and i told him like they were fantastic and i really enjoyed them and really if it's from what i'm hearing if it's the same games except they perform better then that's going to be an absolute treat. But I did recommend to him, and I would recommend to anyone else, like play. Don't just jump into Bayonetta two. Play Bayonetta and then play Bayonetta two. They're both short enough where you know playing through for the first Bayonetta in five or six hours is not going to kill you. 
Yeah, you you did say that, and I will do it because I was up in the air all day long because I all the reviewers were reviewing one and two together, and they were saying you know Bayonetta two is a lot tighter. Sorry about the kid uh, in the background. Uh, it's a, it's here. all good. Yeah, no Bay Bayonetta um, two to me is the better game, but I'm like no no no, you should play Bayonetta one so you have more of an appreciation for Bayonetta two because I've I played them in that order and I've only beat each of them once, but I feel like if you ha have a ball with Bayonetta two and then you downgrade to Bayonetta one, you're gonna be like oh this is not nearly as good. Got you. But if you go from one, you're like, man, this game was pretty damn fun. And you go to the second, you're like, whoa, this game is a lot of fun. That is then, exactly how yeah. I felt when I played through both <laughs> the back to back. Yeah. So it's the kind of the order of operations. Yeah, I'll do that then. I, I will. Uh, pinky, pinky swear that I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the first one and then I will. I will play the second one following that. See, so. I got. I got to do that with. Uh, I just picked up uh, Resident Evil Revelations, and it comes to release Revelations one and two on the Switch. So I think this. Oh yeah. I think the second one is a down. I don't remember, but I because I don't have the cartridge in front of me. But you have to. You buy them as a collection, but you have to download one of the games. Yeah, I remember seeing that um, because I was watching a reviewer. Happy kids, happy life. Happy um, kids. <laughs> but uh, Man, I miss, yeah, I watched a reviewer. I miss my dog. I'm away from of, home. I don't have my dog running around everywhere. How, do you have um, um, Devin? Devin? Yeah. Mario? Y yeah. Is his name's Devin? Yes, yes, his name's Devin. Okay, sorry, Devin again. <laughs> Dude, for the last week here, man, from like going to like the you know three D printer convention and stuff, I met so many people that just names are a fucking mess, dude. Yo, and that's that's what happened my first week of college. I was great with names until that first week of college, and like whatever receptor of my brain that was responsible for name retention is like no, gone, gone, just gone. Yeah, that's me too, dude. I've been meeting so many people, and like I'll try to pair it with something, and then I'll think I'll know it, but I'll question it. But anyways, um, do you have Devin helping out watch? Um, uh, certain days no, check up on no there there's someone else who i have as the babysitter whenever uh whenever i leave and she loves hanging out with him so works out well enough you said oh you said your girlfriend no no babysitter like she has a dog sitter oh got you okay got you i just it, like it chopped out a little bit and i heard she loves and so i was thinking you're talking about your girlfriend. no my girlfriend loves okay. lo loves lily as well too but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. unfortunately but you at least have a sitter for uh, unfortunately she lives in an apartment that doesn't allow pets so she can't take care of lily got you yeah not really an option exactly exactly no, but so what? Uh, what? Are, yeah, what? What are you? What are you been? Well, you said again you're gonna play Resident Evil, but what? Uh, what well, have you? I need to play that at one point, but like what I'm focusing on right now. So I've actually I've been just messing around with like modifying older systems, but I've been playing them a lot too, and I've been really enjoying that. Um, so I actually, uh, I've been on a Grand Theft Auto kick, and uh, let's see like, if the which. Which one or which ones? Oh, yo, the the original 3D Grand Theft Autos. So, like in December, I finished Grand Theft Auto Three, like right at the end of the year. Uh, then, like this year, I finished Vice City. Uh, I played through uh, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories, which I never did. Um, so I've pretty much been on like original Xbox, PS2, and Switch. Those have been my platforms recently. That's funny. That's awesome, though, that, like, the older consoles are still getting love. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is with it, too, I think I, I realize why I like the Switch. Like, it just, it, with my, 
I'm I'm a bit of a recluse like reclusive person when it comes to gaming. Like I like mm-hmm. to do multi- local multiplayer. Uh, if I have friends over, like if my girlfriend wants to play a game, whatever it might be. Uh, but I've just really kind of tapped out of online play. And maybe in like a year or two, I'll get back into it. But it's just minimized so much, and it's just it's it's really refreshing to go back to these old systems. And since they're modified, all the games are sitting on there. But I can literally just plug it mm-hmm. in, turn it on, and then in about. 15 20 seconds my entire game library is right there i could pick whatever i want to and i don't have to worry about an update for the system i don't have to worry about an update for the game i don't have to worry about any other stuff and then you know i get all the nice optimization and performance stuff because they're installed on the hard drive there uh, but that's also how the switch is for me as well too like a lot of people give it flack where it's like oh it doesn't have netflix and doesn't have an internet browser and it doesn't have a proper online multiplayer and while i do acknowledge that stuff and i think that nintendo needs to do more to get that out there i also don't mind mm-hmm. it that much because the way i am now i i'm a minority of gamers i'd say but the way i am gaming right now in 2018 i'm like so you're telling me that this is a new system that is portable and it has some pretty good games and really all I could do on this is play games. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, like no, no not, nobody I'm... can message me on there either like because there's, there's no messaging system. So I'm like, oh, great. I get to just like I could be alone here. It's great. Escape into your game without being distracted by all the other things going on. Exactly. Like I'll see people pop online and stuff where it's just like, hey, you have one person online. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I can't do anything, but that's cool. Sometimes it has been a bit annoying, though. Like there's been a few times I've played like Mario Kart online with Devin or someone else. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't message him. Okay, let me get my phone and text them. Yeah, I haven't even... um on my uh switch i just like I, a couple people i know have it like my buddy that i live with has it my neighbor has it and um and them you know until there's a better system but i i really again like you said too um literally all the titles on my on my switch except for like mario kart are single player or uh again i'll do like couch co-op with like snipper clips with my girlfriend or even mario kart we've done uh some like couch co-op stuff um the main thing I would like, I don't give it, I don't care about Netflix being on there, but I would like YouTube on my Switch. So enjoy being able to watch some like YouTube videos. Um, but like you said too, I mean, a lot of times when I'm playing Switch, I'm either playing in my bed, in my room, or in my car. And it's like, if I want to watch a YouTube video, I got my phone with me. Like, who goes anywhere without their smartphone, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so it's kind of silly because, like, all the stuff that we had criticized Nintendo for doing, even though, like, I do think, I'm not saying that Nintendo is, you know, all in the right with this. Like, you know, their, their Nintendo app, like, their Switch app for smartphones, that was stupid. That was not well done. Uh, and then, of course, even us, we're criticizing them of not having the proper online setup on there. But at the same time, it, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... <laughs> It seems to flow well enough. And, like, even as you say, you're just like, yeah, it sucks that it doesn't have YouTube or anything like that on there. But if I want to watch YouTube and I'm all the go, I, I could just do it on my phone. Who doesn't have their phone on them? I mean, the thing that they did right, which to me is the most important thing, is that the console works. The console runs smoothly. The console's got great titles. You can take it where you want to and you can play it on your big screen. Like, that in itself is a selling point. Yep. The other stuff, like... I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that eventually they do release all that stuff because that will entice, that might make a lot of other people want to commit to the console and it might make a lot of people shut up or maybe they'll find something else to bitch about, which is, you know, typical, typically what happens. But um, 
yeah, I have not sat here and been like, oh, the Switch would be so good if only it had YouTube and I could message people. Like, I really don't give a shit that much. Usually when I'm playing my Switch, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to lay down on the couch and like fucking farm my crops on uh, uh, Stardew Valley. For me, it hasn't been... If you haven't played it, it's, it's so much more than farming. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Stardew Valley is coming out with a multiplayer uh, port and it's coming out to Switch first. And so... That'll be a lot of fun for me and my buddy that we play together, but he plays on his and I play on mine. Um, and it would be really cool to be able to interact with each other's farms because we'll at least be able to like sit in the same room with each other and play, but he can be on his device and I can be on mine. Um, or potentially, I don't know if it'll do split screen on the TV, but that'd be, uh, I don't know. If, oh yeah, yeah, split screen would work actually. So that I'm pretty excited for, which again, I know is um, something that would be even better if they had voice chat though for long distances, but yeah, like you said, man, I'm not really concerned too much about it. When it when it comes, it'll come. But until then, I'm not sitting here, you know, crying over spilt milk or anything like that. Right, right. No, I've been I, I've been happy with my experience so far on there, and that's been out of it's dethroned the PS4 as my primary platform. Like right now, the Switch is my primary platform, and I even fully acknowledge I kind of just sit here and I'm like, look, I'm I'm aware that yeah, sure, it's not going to be the the greatest experience out there. Like well, when it comes to like graphics and frame rate and all that stuff, but then again, you know, I'm used to playing on console. I don't mind that taking that hit. Uh, if I want to get the best, I'll pick up whatever game I want to on pc and my pc is more more than capable of maxing out games at 1080p so i'm not too worried mm. about it but i've i've just i've thoroughly enjoyed mine and again it's like that's that's kind of where my standard is like right now my interest is like original xbox and ps2 and psp i've been playing on that but i've been i've been playing on older systems that have you know either li- had limited or have dead online services so i'm just I- i'm enjoying my my local experiences on that Although I, I'll still bust out Mario Kart and play uh, multiplayer on Mario Kart 8, which I've noticed that's been kind of that's been kind of my downgrade game. If I want to play on my Switch, but I have no idea what the hell I want to play, Mario Kart 8 is always my downgrade game. <laughs> it's funny. I have it too. I've hardly I've hardly played it. Like when I first got it, I played it at my parents' house, and then again, um, me and the girlfriend had played split screen here and there, but it, I haven't touched it. Oh, then again, I haven't touched my Switch in a while. Anyway, other than I did a little bit of Mario Odyssey the other day um, just to make it a little bit further, but I'm nearly near completion. Uh, I mean, obviously not 100%. It's fucking like insane to 100% all those damn moons, but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, one game, are you planning on picking up Monster Hunter or no? uh maybe eventually um my thing is also i just i didn't pick it up because i know i'm not going to play it all that much because it's multiplayer but i've heard that single player experience is a lot of fun too on it from the reviews i've seen at least i'm i'm sure it is i've i've never i've actually never gotten into a monster hunter game so and by not gotten in i've never played one there i should clarify that so that's kind of how it all is for me um got you but no, I've had several coworkers and friends ask me like, "Hey, did you pick up Monster?" And I'm like, "No, because if I got it, I wouldn't play it that much online. I'm sorry." Yeah, well, that makes sense. And I mean, my buddy that again here, he does play uh, online, uh, but he's been playing it since he had it on the 3DS and the I think the DS and the 3DS. Um, I played it a little bit on the 3DS, but. It definitely looks more fun on the PlayStation. I wish if it was on the Switch, I would have picked it up hands down. And it's coming to PC, but um, they don't have a date, and so it's probably not going to be. I think it's. Oh, I think the ETA fall of this year, um, and by that time, unless all my buddies end up jumping ship and getting it, I'll, I don't know if I end up. If I will, it's a really grindy game, dude. 
Yes, yes. It yeah, is it's extremely to be. grindy. So, and I've I've had my fair experience with grindy games, and I enjoy them, but they take up too much of my life. So I don't know that. Uh, I don't know how much I'd really get into it aside from just going through the main storyline campaign. I'd, I'd much rather play uh, Bayonetta. I know, man. Like I've had a. That's why I've enjoyed you know single player games like that. Um, I'm just thinking of Grand Theft Auto Online, for example, where now uh, such a big deterrent is the game's economy, and it's like so to play this game properly, I either need to have no life, spend money on shark cards, or have somebody give me modded uh, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's silly. Yeah, I haven't played GT Online in like maybe two years or something like that it's been uh you know year and a half i'd say that's about how long it's been last time i played it was like in the middle of 2016 oh uh, what did you play it on pc or console uh xbox one so console yeah i i have it well <laughs> i owned it on ps4 xbox one and pc but i haven't played through it and uh played it that much i like got it on one and then my buddies like like people from youtube and stuff wanted me to get it on the other console and then it came out on pc and it was all about the mods so i was like all right i'll get it on pc and i'm like god i ended up like i ended up selling and getting back a lot of my money i think i sold both console ones so it wasn't that <laughs> big of a deal but uh yeah i felt pretty ridiculous holding like you know two versions and then having the pc version like, i spent 180 dollars on grand theft auto 5 no i i understand i've i've bought it multiple times as well too i've only played through it one time like i played through it completely on 360 um and then i got about probably two-thirds the way through on ps4 and then the pc and xbox one versions like the pc version i just got to get the pc version and then the xbox one version i got explicitly to play with a few of my friends that were on xbox yeah. one yeah, so you're in the same boat pretty much as me then. Yeah, the... yeah, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, I also really like Grand Theft Auto V, so I don't mind supporting the developers that many times. Yeah, they they put a lot of, I mean, work and effort into the game. It was oh, phenomenal. Yeah. It blew everyone's expectations away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's amazing that it's still selling so well and that it's still just outperforming. Um, there was a recent uh, There was a recent number that came out where it just surpassed 90 million copies sold. Like, that is still a top-selling... This game came out in 2013, and at the beginning of 2018, it's still a top-selling game every month. I mean, I didn't know that. I haven't seen the numbers. That's I, I believe it, though. I strongly believe it. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, no, that's sold. And, like, uh, all, it, it's getting up to, like, PlayStation, PlayStation 2-level numbers. Like, I, I'd even... I'd said this on Twitter, but I said if Grand Theft Auto V was a game console, it would be right now the sixth best game... Co like, be best-selling game console of all time. It's insane. I, I, I mean, a lot of people love it, and Grand Theft Auto has definitely... Again, like I said, man, the game, the game is... It looks beautiful. It's ama amazing, the open world, and just... It did a lot of really cool things. Plus, it's it's a lot of fun with friends just goofing off and digging around. That's what I've always thought of games is just screw stuff for me and using like cheat codes back in the day to get you know unlimited weapons. Oh, you're cut. You're cutting out a little bit, but I think uh, I, I think the connection will probably resolve itself at one point. No, I'm I'm having I'm having fun even with the older grand theft auto games like as i said i played through three and vice city and liberty city stories just now and right now i'm playing through vice city stories and i'll probably probably after that i'll play through san andreas yeah the primary console that i played it on and then i think i had gta four 
No. What, what, GTA, is GTA 4 old? Uh, yeah, it's that was from 2008. Okay. And that was on that, what? Uh, that was on PS3, Xbox 360, and uh, PC. Okay. Got you. Yeah, I played that one a bit on on uh, PC. But again, it was like always the same shit. Kill as many cops as possible and survive as long as possible. Did you like Grand Theft Auto 4? I wasn't... It's To me, it's the best worst Grand Theft Auto game. Um... Honestly, most of the Grand Theft Autos blend really heavily for me just because I didn't play through the storylines on any of them. I oh, like see I do. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that I never did. And when I was younger when I had them, I wasn't allowed to play them, so I'd play them late at night and I just couldn't have audio or anything like that, so I'd play them in silence to hear if my parents were coming up or something like that. Oh man. You you didn't have yeah. the subtitles on for the missions or anything? I might have, man, but I wasn't <laughs> reading them. Or at least I don't remember. It's again, this is a very long time ago. I had a black and white TV. Uh, not that color wasn't a thing, but... um no, I, I had a black and white TV. Yeah, my first TV was a black and white one that I won from selling... Do you know what entertainment books are? Uh, I probably do, but it was probably a different name where I was at, so go okay. ahead and tell me what it was. They're, they're just like the coupon books, and I used to sell them through my school, Like, uh, and they have like thousands of coupons. I think they sold for like... $40 a piece or something like that, but there was just thousands and thousands and thousands of coupons to like all sorts of places. Um, and they had like a contest and whoever sold the most in the school got this little black and white TV and me and my dad slayed it and got the most in the school. And so I got this little black and white, like fucking seven inch TV. Or and that is like not that. worth it at all. <laughs> That's the funny thing about that too. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, we, I mean, it was an excuse for me and my dad to hang out and stuff. Yeah, but... no, good sense of pride as well, too. Like, you were able to get something awesome. Yeah, and I was really little. Dude, this is probably probably elementary school, maybe seventh grade. But I want to say it was elementary school, like sixth grade or so. Right, right. Even so, though, I'm thinking, like, in sixth grade, they were giving out a black and white TV. Damn. <laughs> yeah, dude, savages. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Daniel, I've never owned a black and white TV. Yeah, most people haven't. Yeah, and I'm just like I a year or two younger than you. Yeah, we we never had a black white TV in our house, and we had some old. Yeah, the TVs. only person I know that had one was my grandma, and she had a really small black and white TV in the kitchen. Um, but she also had full color TVs too. So yeah, I think they were just really jipping me on in terms of uh, my payout. <laughs> they know? most likely did, but at that point, like you didn't care. So it's it's yeah. all good. You were happy with it. Yeah, dude, I wasn't upset. It was my first television ever that I earned from selling these stupid books outside of grocery stores. <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that's the thing, too. I, I get that from... Uh, I, I get that. I don't have that sense anymore as much, I would say. Like, when I get a new console, it's it's exciting. But it's just like, oh, I the, the last... I remember the last two consoles. I thought of this the other day. Um, the last two consoles I remember getting really excited for were... My Xbox 360, because I saved up for so long for it, and then I did not want to spend any money, like, at all, until I got the 360. And that's what I spent my money on. And then my PSP, I remember I waited so, so, so long, and I got that as a Christmas present. Um, but I was thinking, too, it wasn't only the excitement from that, but I also got each of those systems, like, two or three years into their life cycle. So I didn't have to go through all the growing pains of the system first coming out and all the updates and then having no games for a while. Like, by the time I got each of these systems, I thoroughly enjoyed them because it was a really good collection of games on each one. That, um, that's awesome, actually. I, uh, 
I never, because I know that's the thing. I like, I always, I feel like I missed out because you had a PSP and you love the PSP. Oh man, um, I love it. I still love it. Like Devin gave me a PSP as a Christmas present and I just, I went to town on that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that anytime we've talked about PSP or PSP modding or anything about PSPs, you're like, PSP is awesome. Like PSP is love. PSP is life. It, tr- and, it truly is. It's my and, Shrek. Uh, yeah yeah and uh you know my brother had one and he got to play and experience it but i never did and so um the only console i could think of that i got very late into its lifespan was the ps1 i got the ps1 about two weeks after the ps2 came out Mm -hmm. and it was dirt cheap it was the miniature version of it and just like how you just explained or whatever about having great game library that's how it was for me. It was like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, like all, all of those style, you know, 3D platformer games. Um, I, I loved my PS1. I had a lot of fun uh, playing it. And that is that is one cool thing about waiting and getting them later on is that by the time you do, it's like the question isn't, oh, what game do I want to get? There's nothing good. It's like, oh, my God, which games do I want to get? I don't yeah. have enough money for all of them, you know? Yep, yep. So yeah, no, I, I kind of thought of that paradox the other day. I was I because I let's let's be aware. I do think it was also you know I was younger and things were more exciting and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Not only there was a big sense of like oh my god I had to wait like so long to earn hundreds of dollars and I just I had to save it and just sit on this for months on end. I couldn't even buy ice cream or anything. I like my ice cream, but uh no Mm -hmm. i I, there was a sense of that but also at the time as i said when i got each of these systems i bought them like in their prime either when there was a ton of good games out or just when a big flurry of games is going to be coming out and the past few systems i've gotten like ps4 xbox one switch uh, i i got all these systems on launch which was uh wii u i got shortly after even that was good. Actually, I, that that does play a big part in it because even when I got the Wii U, I got the Wii U. That was like the last seventh gen system I got. Uh, no, no, it's te- it's technically eighth gen. No, that was the last eighth gen system I had gotten aside from the Switch. And I remember when I picked it up, I was able to pick up like five good games with it. I didn't have to, you know, just settle for Nintendo Land. Yeah, which is. Fantastic. I mean, I, I didn't have the Wii U either. What um? You got a Switch now, so you don't need a Wii U. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I know. But um, I mean, overall, did you, did you enjoy the Wii U? I did. I I feel like the Wii U was a beta, a, a prototype as of such for the Switch because that was my yeah. feeling with the Wii U. Like I remember, I had the Wii U set up in my living room. And there were several times I was playing the Switch like with the gamepad in bed, and I was having those disconnectivity issues. And I was like, man, this is a great portable console, except it's not a portable console. If only I could actually bring this around with me. Like, if this gamepad was the system itself, it would be great. And then that's what the Switch was. Yeah. Yeah, the Switch, the Switch is literally like the successful version of the wii u that's what a lot of people say too i mean it does it does everything that the wii u tried to do and more but obviously much much better and much more successful and there's there's a lot of uh wii u owners who also own switches and they're kind of salty about this where a lot of switch no excuse me a lot of wii u exclusives are being ported to the switch and they're like oh i have i don't want to buy this again and i already bought and supported this game the first time and i'm like look i i know you did and nintendo thanks you but most people did not. So yeah. to most people out there, this is a brand new game. 
<laughs> yeah, you're the minority. Exactly. Well, the, the same thing happened. I remember with um, which I didn't even think of this until the the numbers came out for it, but the last of us for example like i was against the last of us being remastered because they released it in 2013 and then i believe in 2014 they remastered it on the ps4 so i was like bro are you serious like a year late we only a year later it's getting re-released but <laughs> Dog dog came out and they're like no we did the numbers 80% of people who own ps4s did not play the last of us on ps3 and they're not going to buy a ps3 to play this game yeah it did pretty good on PS4, or it did really good on PS4. Oh yeah, no, it it that's also another game that does gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's one game I wanted to play. My buddy um, that I live with, a few times I talked about it. He wasn't a big fan of it, but he's the minority <laughs> as well. <laughs> I can't remember why he didn't like it, but there was some reason. But he's a he's a major critic. I'm a much much lesser of a critic with things. I usually can find the enjoyment in most of the games while he'll like really nitpick things apart he's like ah yeah it was good but i really didn't like that or you know i really didn't like that. he should be a reviewer you know I'll, I'll be i'll be straight up like i i feel like i, I could say this on here if people if people get mad so be it but i've tried to play the last i've played through it one time but i've tried to play the last of us so many times after that and i i don't like the game that much mm, okay yeah, I just I don't like it for a multitude of reasons, and people have said there's like no, you got to play it on the hardest difficulty, or you got to play it again, or you need to see this. I'm like, no, it's nothing with the difficulty or anything. It's just I just don't like the game itself. But yeah, that's that's been kind of me with with Night Dog games. Like I don't know, it's I don't think it's a nostalgic or childish thing either. Because my my thing is I like you know the Crash Bandicoot games and the earlier Naughty Dog games like on PS One, but mm-hmm. Uncharted, for example, I picked up the Uncharted collection, and Uncharted 1, everyone kind of pans over, and they're just like, oh yeah, it's not that good. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's not that good. And then I played through Uncharted 2, I played through most of it, and I remember people were saying, they're just like, oh no, Uncharted 2 is the best, it is so good, it is truly the best game. And I was like, halfway through the game, I'm like, if this is the best game, I'm really disappointed because I'm not enjoying this either. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all with everything it's like not one size fits all type thing you know yeah and maybe you based off of what you heard too were going into it with some like premeditated expectations of what you know what you thought was going to be awesome because of how much hype it had gotten and stuff like that and you were vaguely disappointed while it's better and easier i think to go into something with little to no expectation and being blown away by wow this surpassed the expectations i didn't have but this is a lot of fun while i know a lot of times even with like movies or something like that um you know somebody tells me oh this movie's hilarious or oh this video is so funny i'll watch it and be like "Eh," but it's it's a lot of it's because of the initial hype it doesn't live up to that hype i've had that a lot as well too but that even so that didn't hit me with the later naughty dog games like that really wasn't a factor with the last of us or um or what was the other game? Um, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things as well, too, where I, I'd i read a book. It was uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, where the developers of The Last of Us, they actually thought it was their worst game, and they were 
terrified of releasing it and they just thought it was horrible in so many ways and then they were shocked when it was getting super super high reviews and so even so with them like they had seen maybe they saw the same flaws in it that i did i don't know but i i know that will get some people upset some people will be like no that's the greatest game ever and you hate it i'm like i i'm sorry i just i really don't like the game <laughs> yeah well i mean you're allowed you're allowed to not like it there's a lot of games i've played and they're supposed to be fantastic and i'm not saying that they're not you know just because i don't think it's that great doesn't mean that it's really not that great it's just my opinion you know mm -hmm. it's not i didn't get what i wanted to out of it or it didn't grab me by the you know grab me by the hand and pull me in it just i don't know like it it's same i mean same thing with anything though movies too like people are like oh it's my favorite movie i watch it i'm like eh, it's not that good dude sorry to break it to you but it's just I don't know if for whatever reasoning people everyone kind of has their own their own things i'm actually that's like something i'm nervous about with bayonetta is that i'm like oh i hope i really like it because i don't like i mean i heard all the stuff about it but time i will tell I'm, well i i could solve this for you real quick do, do you like hack and slashers i haven't played very many man uh like you haven't played like devil may cry or chaos reigns or anything similar to that neither no Okay, interesting. Okay, so really, if you like hack and slash games, you'll like Bayonetta. If you don't like hack and slash games, you won't like Bayonetta. I mean, I like games that are usually pretty quick paced and actiony. The only thing that I could find boring is that if it's too repetitive. Like, I want different, like, if there's enough different enemy types and, like, upgrades and things that I'm progressing with, then I think I'll have fun with it. But if it just feels like the same thing over and over again, and it's either stupid easy or the, I, I don't know i mean i'm, I'm pretty optimistic it, it looks fucking wicked cool from all of the videos and screenshots and everything i've seen from it um again i'm just hoping i'd really like to play it from beginning to end because i have i don't do that very often with games i lose interest so we'll see we'll, we'll, we will definitely see but i'd like to at least sink a couple of hours into it over the weekend here if mm -hmm. i can no it's i i think you'll still enjoy it for sure i would definitely want to know what your thoughts are on it as well too but i oh yeah i i've i've thoroughly enjoyed them i just know there's several other games like i'm thinking i know stardew valley uh that got a ton of hype and that just doesn't seem like my type of game really and then even golf story i do need to check that out but that was actually one thing i was reading about and it was on sale recently for like 12 bucks and there were several people in the comments that were just like hey so is the, like is this game supposed to be good because i picked it up on like everyone's recommendation and i didn't like it that much and then it was just full of people that were like hey same thing for me yeah everyone said this game was good but i didn't like it that much what the hell yeah i um <laughs> i can definitely understand that and i mean going back to i mean going back to stardew valley normally i would say this is nowhere near like my style of game at all like farming i could give two shits about um you know, but what what initially got me to get it was one, a compulsion. Uh, it was com like a spontaneous compulsive buy. Um, two, when I saw the dungeons, I was like, cool. And then when I saw the depth to the dungeons and like how much diversity there was with like the different mining. So like the way I saw it, I like the pixel art. I'm a huge fan of it. It takes me back to, you know, old school pixel style games. Right, I right. thought the music was beautiful. The story behind, like, the guy that created it, the fucking dude spent a lot of time making the game. I think it's a one-man dude that spent years and years and years making it. I think yep. he even did the music. Yeah, it, it's yep, insane. Yeah, because he was, he was a perfectionist. He's like, no, I want everything to be perfect on this game, and I'm the only one that can do it. Yeah, but the thing I really like about the game is that it's 
surprisingly deep. Like, um, there are a lot of things that happen in that game while interacting with town folk and just exploring and adventuring and rebuilding, like, the fallen, I think it's, like, the community center. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, one, peaceful. Like, it's very relaxing to play the game. I have a very enjoyment of... And then when you make your money from whatever you're doing is fun, and then you're, like, scared, kind of when you're in the dungeons, you're like, fuck, I don't know if I have enough, like, food to keep me alive. And then if you're not home by a certain time, you'll faint. And um, depending on what yeah, happens... Yeah, see, that would, that would drive me nuts. That would give me... That that'd make me anxious. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, again, in the end, it's fun. And there's, like, different seasons, so different... different. I don't know. I mean, I just... I. It's different. It's not, I wouldn't say like, oh, every day I just want to play Stardew Valley and I just want to make sure my crops are okay and I got a farm and, <laughs> you know, like that's not it at all. But it is a very refreshing break from the normal style of game I play. It's, it's very, it's fucking peaceful. I'm telling you, I mean, maybe not the dungeon aspect of it, but just the walking around the town and getting to see like what's going on, trying to find certain things and collect things and... um I feel like the there's, there's only fantastic. certain parts of that game I would like. I My thing is, I wish, like, may, maybe I could, like, game share it with someone um, who owns it, I don't know, like, on PC. <clears throat> but my thing is, I'm just like, I don't want to dedicate to buying it and giving that a shot. Um, I'd feel more comfortable if, like, if it was possible to borrow the game from someone and try it out for a couple mm-hmm. of hours and see if I really like it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can <clears throat> I can understand that. I took, again... For me, it was like a gamble, and I think I actually had like a twenty dollars GameStop gift card just laying around, and I was bored and was like, "I want to buy a game right now." And uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I converted it to like online to Nintendo eShop card, and then I was looking at like top indie games, and it was highly recommended. And I actually bounced between that one and uh, what is it, Golf Golf, uh, golf, golf Story? Yeah, yeah, that was another one. Um, but then I opted for stardew and was just really really happy that i did and got my friend to get it too and he was also really happy with it so hey, hey it works out yeah exactly but could have gone it could have gone either way but yeah anyways you know what we are almost clocking we're clocking in almost two hours for this man it's felt like a 30 minute conversation <laughs> yeah at the time i looked at the time right now and was like holy shit dude it's dinner time and like five minutes here yeah. <laughs> and i've been holding a pee in for an hour so oh god yeah no i'll let you go and i need to like end up packing some stuff and everything here as well too so everyone who made it to the end thank you all so much for listening here uh for any other future episodes that i have guests on which there definitely will be they're probably going to be something like this where i'm going to ask a few questions but it's mostly just going to be a conversation that we end up recording at the same time so um is this going on YouTube like as a video, like with like a video playing in the foreground, or no? It's just going straight up on. Oh like, uh, no, it'll uh, be it'll be a video, and there will be visuals of some kind on there. But it's mostly a podcast, so wherever like, you want to check it out. Let's give people a word to type in in the description if or I mean in the comments if they make it to the end. I just want to look back and see who made it to the end. Oh sure, no, go you can go ahead and make a word. What's, then it's just that was your idea. Oh man, um, I'm putting so much pressure on you, man. Um, <laughs> Okay, RMA. <laughs> RMA, all right, perfect. <laughs> uh, RMA, if you make it to the end, type RMA in the comments because you are a super person. Yes, but, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was nice because it also just felt like if we had just called in Discord and said, let's dedicate two hours to catching up, that's what we would have talked about probably anyway. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I Thank you very much, Mr. Mario, or 
Danny. It feels weird. To, like certain people that I'm like, you know, close enough with, it feels weird to call them by their YouTube name. I'm like Mr. Mario. Like I'm like Danny or whatever. You know. No, it's, um, it's all good. And then it's weird. Like when when I hear my real name next to Mr. Mario, like when someone else says it, I'm like, oh, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, when I went to that 3D printer thing last week and, like, I was introducing, like, they're like, oh, this is ModBot. And I'm like, it feels so weird calling myself by my handle in, in real life. You I know? know, right? Yeah, it's it's strange, but mm-hmm. YouTube. I, um, I've actually, I've, I've had that at work where sometimes, like, because, like, people know about my channel at work, so sometimes they're, like, reference something and they're asking me about something, and I just shut it down real quick. <laughs> yeah, like, recently it was uh, a video I, like, one of the videos I had where I checked out a system I got from GameStop, and somebody, he ended up asked, like, he saw me in the hallway, he was just like, hey, so is GameStop still doing stuff with their systems? And I'm like, yep. That, that was it. I just, because I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, um, I don't know how you want to do the outro, but. Yeah, um... no, was, well, I guess where can people find you if they if they haven't already found you? And by the way, any, any links that you want to share, I'll definitely put down below in the description on YouTube. But people can also, you know, look you up however it is if they're listening to this in MP3 form. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll just, if you just want to put the YouTube in the description. But again, um, my name is Daniel. I run a channel called ModBot. And I do a lot of um, 3D printing, 3D printer reviews, builds, um, print projects. I've been working on doing some um, more like electronic combination with it. I've got a couple of pretty cool little video game projects coming up here. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me on anything else, like Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook like that, you can find those links over on my channel, uh, which again, Mr. Mario will link in the description. So um, thank you again. Uh, let's just say Mr. Mario. <laughs> thank you again, Mr. Mario. No problem, yeah. dude. And, and, and I was going to say, you finish up no, I was going to say, I actually want to kind of like shoehorn this at the end here, but I, I was going to tell you like, it's definitely admirable to see it like i like how you've been able to change your your channel from you know console modding what you were doing to kind of having you know a random period to just completely dedicated 3d printing you're able to do that pretty successfully whether it be you know online on youtube or offline or both and i just want to say you know major props and congratulations on that yeah thank you uh thank you very much and again i still am sure that I'll be doing console mod stuff, but I think with combining 3D printing, it'll be more so actual like uh, case mod type stuff, um, more so than anything else. But I still do like when the Switch is hacked, I'll probably make a video on it or something like that, you know, like just because I'm still interested in it, but it's just I'm not at that level anymore of where I'm following it all because I'm so heavily involved in 3D printing. And that's why you could tune into mod chat. Yeah, exactly. That's what my chat's for. So, <laughs> oh, but by, by the way, I, uh, I I'll tell you that I I didn't tell you this. I uh, I got rid of my 3D printer. Oh, really? The monoprice mini? Yeah, what happened? yeah. No, so it was it was deteriorating, and it had that connection issue I told you about, where like it was um, when it started moving in a certain direction, the thermistor would go to zero, and it was working for a little bit, and then it kind of got uneven again, so I stopped using it, and then my family was in town, and I tried to show them again, and I tried calibrating it, and then it was even worse than before, not because of the calibration, but like just everything started deteriorating even more. And it got to the point where I just kind of sat there because it was in the corner of my kitchen area. Yeah, yeah. And 
Every time I looked at it, it, I wasn't proud of it. Every time I looked at it, I got a little bit depressed. I was kind of sad. It was this thing that I really, I loved it. I really liked it. But I didn't want to spend all the time taking it apart and fixing it and doing all this other stuff. And then I wasn't even sure if I'd be able to get Uh it to work 100%. And I just looked at it. I was like, you know what? I am so tired of looking at this thing. It makes me sad every time. I think this was a good trial. I definitely had fun with it. It's now at this point where it's getting worse. It's deteriorating because it just it sat there. And then when I tried it again, it was getting worse. So I said, you know what? I'm going to unhook it. I'm going to put everything in the box, everything I have. I put it up for sale for 100 bucks. An old guy who has like six 3D printers end up buying it from me. Oh, nice. Well, at least you got, you know, some of it back. So exactly. Yeah. So like out of everything, it's like, yeah, I, I might have put three, three hundred fifty dollars into everything and I mm-hmm. sold it for a hundred bucks. And honestly, for that, I had more than two hundred fifty dollars worth of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I remember when you were doing the uh, coasters and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, those those were fun. Like I, I figured, you know what? Maybe not even the maybe not even the monoprice version, two, But maybe so I, I want to get into it again. Maybe in like yeah. a year or two, I'll buy another 3D printer. But I was just like, you know well, what? That was just a good try, try run, but this first one, it's not for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I just got a uh, a printer in that uh, on Amazon it's 500, but on Gearbest it's 375, and it's a seven screw setup. So literally just seven screws, and it prints one foot by one foot by a foot and four inches. Oh, nice. So it's big, dude. It's my biggest printer, and it it fucking rocks. So just if you give it another year to year and a half, dude, the prices will be even. You'll be able to get way more bang for your buck. I'll definitely be hitting you up in like a year, year and a half about printers then. Yeah, yeah, it'll be <laughs> it'll be way, way, way deeper then. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, I think this is a good point stopping point here. So this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. Thank you all for listening to uh, Mario's Minute again. Let us know what you thought and uh, keyword RMA. <laughs> RMA.